Hello, and welcome back to Rebel Air, a Star Wars animated series fan cast. I'm your host, Greg. And I'm Kaki, and Greg is uh, leading me by the hand through the snow-dappled sakura trees on my first watch of Star Wars Rebels. But, uh, yeah, we're between seasons, so we're on another Jedi Beacon episode. I went with one for that, that I really wanted to talk about, just because it's me. Clone <laughs> Wars Season 4, Episode 14, A Friend in Need. Written by Christian Taylor and directed by Dave Filoni. And this originally aired January 13th, 2012. And I remember this airing very, very well. Okay, so there's a because there's a few things going on in this episode, but in particular, Mandalore and Mandalorians and yes, because Lux Bonteri disrupts a peace conference between separatists and Republic representatives on Mandalore, intent on safeguarding him. Ahsoka becomes involved in Lux's plan to take revenge on Count Dooku for his mother's death. I feel like you have a couple ideas on why I would want to show you this I mean, there's episode. There's a lot of kick-ass a... helmets. I mean, yeah, like. Right, and this is sort of <laughs> this is this is sort of screaming for one of those like cosplay parties where various like Mandalorian <laughs> cosplayers they get up one one morning and they see the first like the first the, the, the white flecks of snow descending and they go oh, it's <laughs> happening it's happening and they all grab their helmets and polish themselves up and they go meet in the cherry blossom orchard to finally do their photo shoot together and I guess vivisect some droid cosplayer because <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so so obviously, like, just Mandalorian, but specifically Death Watch, because when they mentioned Death Watch, when we were talking some Mandalorian stuff, like, I was really excited, and you couldn't oh, right. quite connect with me, and so I just kind of wanted to try and help bridge that gap a little bit, and also just kind of show you, like, I wanted to give, give you an idea of who Where Death Sabine Watch was, what they were, and, comes from. Yes, and yeah, why, okay. like... And, like, one of the most brutal and amazing kill moments I've ever seen in Star Wars, which I remember when it happened, I, like, freaked out and started giggling when Ahsoka <laughs> jumps up and decapitates four Mandalorians at the same time, and it's the most amazing She does do that, thing. doesn't she? Yeah, it's yes. a very different show, this Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, hey, do we have any Bothan reports? <laughs> I don't know how much longer we can keep doing Bothan reports, Bothan reports, because that just starts to become like, at what point does it just become like passe? I'm sorry. How long can we do what exactly? Bothan reports, Bothan reports. <laughs> I'm yes, a little I'm a little Bothan reports. Bothan reports. <laughs> uh, so it was a long one. We did have quite a few Bothans, actually. <sighs> <laughs> So let's get the really long one out of the way first. This is from Ahsoka Tonko. It's <laughs> just really Very good. Very good tonks. It's really good. So this is a big one. First off, the Doctor Who episodes where the companions art from Revive series came together to help the Doctor were the 10th Doctor stories, The Stolen Earth and Journey's End, the last two episodes of Series 4. Twelve does have a reunion okay. with his former companions in Twice Upon a Time. However, excluding Bill, none of them take an active role in the story. They're just there to say goodbye. Aww. Everything else is Star Wars related. Let's we're gonna <laughs> Okay. I think I wasn't talking about the companions. I think I was talking about everyone. And I think that's during the scene where the I, I think uh, that was uh, Stolen uh, Earth. Eleventh Doctor. 
Stolen Earth is one I was okay. No, no, no. This we're 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 no, not. Even, stolen Earth is tenant. I'm talking about Matt Smith and we, and and okay, River says. Kaki, there's you so much. So many people. There's so much in just Tonks. In just Tonks, though, because second, okay, more relevant okay, okay. to the report, but the Zabrakjodic house oh. member is a different subspecies to Maul, with him being Iridonian and Dathmerian, respectively. So Ethkoth is oh. Iridonian. Darth Maul is is Dathmerian. So it's a multiplanetary species. All yes. right. Yes. Thirdly, Kaki was initially right that Blue Sun is from Firefly, and actually Blue Suns is Mass Effect. So, okay, that's... that's. I yes. see I see yes. there's people at Bioware who were, were big fans of Firefly, and just like, let's just add an S. There, there. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> That'll do. Change it 20%, and you can't be sued. That's how it works, right? Yeah, well, that's how you get from a taco bar to, what was it? <laughs> to Kobe, I think. The, the, yes, the Star Wars school of naming things. Just just sort of Kaiser Sosa your way around the room. Hmm, what am I looking at? Frig hat. Frig hat. That's right. Yes, I keep my hats on the fridge. I'm not weird, you're weird. Keeping with naming conventions and crime syndicates, I was getting confused between Crimson Dawn mm. and Black Sun because Maul takes over both in the Clone Wars and forms into the Shadow Collective, then renames it to the Crimson Dawn. Oh, very good. And the, the the last one we have, I am a little bit ashamed of this. I am a little bit ashamed of this one because... Oh, am I going to shame in your share in your shame? That's the one. I'm not sure. I don't think so, because Nika Furderman only voiced Asajj in the CGI Clone Wars series, the 2008 one. Grey Delisle oh. Griffin voiced her in the Tartakovsky series. I, I kind of feel bad for confusing them because they don't sound terribly alike, but also like Grey Delisle Griffin, who sometimes is Grey Delisle, sometimes Grey Griffin, but right now it seems like she's going by Grey Delisle Griffin, All right. has been in so many things. Like if you've watched an yeah. animated series in the past like 30 years, you have seen something that she has been in from going all the way from Rugrats to Samurai Jack, Danny Phantom. She's um, wow. the, the, the Batman. A lot of the Batman games, she's been Catwoman in like all the Arkham games. Just, yeah, so... I love how you have in, in, in voice acting, you have these people who are just in everything. They're just working nonstop and yeah. like, they're just, they just yeah. get called up for, for, I mean, you have, it's like that guy, right? In sci-fi TV, you have that guy, uh, which is a, a sort of a trope of a character actor that you've definitely seen in something else before yeah. because he happens to live in Vancouver and he does sci-fi. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I was just thinking, yeah. Yeah, so right. <laughs> by special request here, Tonks did ask for, for you to guess with all of this, how many Bothans are actually going to die? Oh, <laughs> well, the second one was more Rebel Intelligence. Yeah, so, so, the, so there, 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 were, there were two pieces of Rebel Intelligence that, instead of Bothans, so... I, I have a sort of force vision, and because <laughs> I know Tonks a little bit, it says 69. <laughs> Well, you'll be happy to know that there are a lot of Bothans spared because only 14. Oh, that's not a sex number. Is it? Ooh, wait. 14 accidentally turned the lightsabers on while they were looking into them like Luke, <laughs> Luke did when he first got Anakin's and died. Yes. The last thing they saw was a flash of white. The Porg maneuver. <laughs> yeah, speaking of like being blinded. The, the next one that we have is from, I believe, a first-time Bothan Report submitter, Chopper's Ooh. Spindly Arms, parentheses, Trinity. Oh. This, 
This correction is very simple. Does he have three? Wait, does he have three arms? See, okay, I was thinking more Trinity like Carrie Ann Moss Trinity from The Matrix. All right, all right, Trinity, help. <laughs> uh, Which is so iconic, I'm convinced that help is her surname. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is, is, is a lot more simple. It's just something that we didn't really touch on of Kanan, we'll see each other again, I promise. The Force. Uh, I think not. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh. Dang, yeah. Yeah, uh that's that's not an accident. Oh, good call. 13 Bothans died crying themselves to dehydration. <laughs> Which ooh, ooh. You know, one day someone is going to piece all of these these Bothan like deaths together into into some kind of metafictional fanfiction, and it'll just be the deranged ramblings of a, a cartoon like hermit goat. We're gonna go from deranged ramblings to just a piece of Bothan intelligence, rebel intelligence, Bothan intelligence. Wow, wow, that was it. That was a phrase I said. Yeah, this is from. You do that. This is from totally trustworthy old horse bird in some ancient ruins for no real reason. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's horse. Yes, I love that. Has Horsebird sent in a Bolton report before? Yeah, yeah, he's he sent in a few. The last one that I remember for sure was oh, that's uh, right a, about more yes. like aeronautical stuff. Yes, yes, because he'd know about that. Yes. So Rebel Intel. Malachor makes its appearance in KOTOR 2, where you have the final encounter with Arctrea and is reduced to asteroids thereafter in the true ending. Obviously, this doesn't hold in the current canon. However, if the Fantasy Flight RPG is to be taken as current canon, Wikipedia thinks so at least, evidently you can crush uh -huh. the petrified corpses and snort them for force powers. It's common enough <laughs> that Ashes of Malachor is a named drug. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, okay. So Ashes of Malachor, I'm going to say it, it makes up for jizz. A Ashes of Malachor as a name for a drug makes up for jizz. I will I will give them I will give them that. That makes up for it. So Greg, one time we're going to be at a joint family gathering for whatever reason, through really unrelated uh, uh, circumstances, and one of your one of your your yayas or aunts or whatever is going to ask me, "Oh, so you're the one who does the podcast? What's that like?" Oh, sure, I can play you a clip, and it'll say, "The ashes of Malachor makes up for jizz," and she'll go, "I've heard everything I need to hear. <laughs> thank you, thank you for your time." Well, well, so, so, so you know, no Bothans, no Bothans died from this, but one did have an embarrassing accident yeah. trying to fly with the recovered Inquisitor saber, only to discover he couldn't use the Force to provide opposing torque. The only casualty was his ego. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and double shame because it's on a podcast now. All right, and our final Bothan report, man. There's there there. It was a long episode. We were Gosh, bound to have. Just keep coming. We, we were bound to have quite a few. Yeah, we're gonna go from torque to the palpicopter, <laughs> which, which, which I really, really hope. I really hope that that is a reference to the, to the Thanos copter. If it's not the reference to the Thanos copter, Zach, then like I'm gonna be disappointed. I mean, obviously, I know the the, the saber blade and everything, but like the Thanos copter, you have to go with the stupidest mode of transportation. I have no idea. 
in, in, in like his, in like an 80s or 90s comic thanos had a helicopter that just said thanos on the side of it it's just the thanos copter like i think if you just google thanos <laughs> copter it will take you to the marvel wiki page of just that stupid helicopter it's in the background i scene celebrate of at one that point. i love it <laughs> so this correction the mempo is the samurai armor mask you were looking for when you said kabuki mask the loss of Darth Maul style mask. Yes. And as soon as I saw it, that was exactly what I was thinking of. It's like either like the half mask or like the full mask that, that Samurai would wear in battle. That's what I was thinking of with uh, the Darth right, Maul yes, action with, figure. With uh, terrifying visages upon them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I was happy to get that because that was one where, was just, where like I even forgot to Google when I was listening to the episode. I was like, all right, I should look up what I, what that was. I just didn't even bother looking nah, up. I probably got that right. I probably got that right. Okay, no, I knew it wasn't Kabuki. I knew it wasn't Kabuki, but... No, exactly, because that's that's theater. That's art. Yes, yes. So for this, 49 Bothans were sneaking into an Imperial casino to rob the place. Like Ocean's Eleven, only it's Ocean's 49. They wore the wrong Stormtrooper <laughs> mask and were swiftly eliminated. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's getting increasingly grim. I don't think that's like an Ocean's Eleven style like heist if you have 49 of them. I think that's just like you're just casing the joint. Like you're just robbing like 49. Like that's a battalion. Like now that's a really, really <laughs> elaborate plot. But also, I mean, the Ocean's whatever films, they don't traditionally. It's not a countdown to death, right? <laughs> they don't well, all just die. Well, I mean, I think a lot of British people died a little when they heard John Cheadle's uh, British accent. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned it. it's a very different show because that's one thing that i was I, I noticed this time is i don't always really pay attention to aspect ratio stuff like it just kind of goes over my head i'm not right. like a big like big on cinematographer even though like I've, i like camera work and stuff like that and i, I love right, right. cinematography like i don't always it just doesn't always click with me like with the different aspect ratio stuff but going from Rebels isn't a four three, but it's a it's, no, it's a sixteen square. by nine. It's it's the standard yeah, HD yeah. sixteen by nine. Yes, and this is yes. like two point thirty nine by one. This is one of the cinematic yes. formats. Yeah, because when we're flying through, like it is wide and expansive, and we're going into the. I don't. I just realized I'm not sure what the, like the capital city of Mandalore is. So I don't know if I'm just going to say the Mand Mandalore is the capital city of Mandalore. And we're just yeah, this makes hope. sense. I mean, the, the Mandalore tended to name everything after themselves, right? Yeah. Sort of like the Paclet yeah. in Lower Deck, where their planet is called Paclet Planet. <laughs> and all of their ships are called, their clump ships are called Paclet. It's just, yes. Okay, so there is a, uh, we are told that there is a, a fierce battle between the Republic and the, the Separatists, and that there is a peace conference, and we arrive on Mandalore, and wow, this is a cool-looking city. I sort of, I, I got sort of shades of New York in the Fifth Element. Like it's a very vertically built yes. city. Yes, I can definitely see that. You have like you have like just the crowded like airspeeder lanes that you would see yeah. on, on Coruscant, but it feels claustrophobic and built in. Like this is like the interior part of a larger city and a superstructure. Then we, we go into like basically the throne room for the Duchess of Mandalore, where this peace talk is is happening. Uh, you don't hear ah, from yeah. her at all. So I, it's she bit, does a bit, fierce eye roll at one point, though. Like she makes her presence 
felt. Yes, yes. And it's probably for the best that she's not like very involved in this episode because it would probably be confusing because her name is Satine. And so it would just get a little confusing there. I'm guessing there's no family relation there. I mean, that's not how first names generally work, but I kind of like it. I like this throne room as well. It's very vertical. It's very uh, yes. art deco. Those are really great windows. Big high chairs. You have like the, I think the name for it may be the Iron Heart, the little diamond with a square in it logo on like the side windows. It's the same. Uh, oh, okay. It's, uh, Boba, Fett has, Boba Fett has that thing on his armor and like his chest piece as well. Oh, well, cool. Boba and Django both. Yeah. We're going to get Dude. a lot of this, aren't we? Your, your nerdery. No, I please, it's, please, it's I want not, it. It's hard for me not to notice. It is hard for me not to notice. And yeah. just as a as a quick thing to to give you just an idea of why Mandalore is being chosen, Mandalore is being chosen because they are basically just saying we're remaining neutral because they were like very warrior based as a people, right, yeah. and they're trying to like go away from that and just be like peaceful again. And that's where some of this. Right, they're, they're militarizing their from, culture, and so they're staying yeah. out of this conflict. That's kind of how Death Watch came up. Was there was like, why are we being peaceful? This isn't who we are, and so they're kind of like fighting against that. So that's why it's like, that's right. Yeah. How Death Watch became terrorists is. I mean, they, they started off as extremists, they, and then yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so these peace talks. I mean, they're not really important for the, the 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 story. I'm sure they're they're very important for the series, but like we, I don't know what came before, and nothing comes after. Although I was intrigued by some of the uh, the representatives on the separatist side. There's some alien designs that I hadn't seen before. There's a woman with uh, green skin and red eyes, and she's got these sort of frills on the side of her head, like a stegosaurus back, and she speaks yes, with. Yes, that is exactly what it looks like. What I now recognize as a Rylothian accent. Say it aloud before this gathering, as representative for Chancellor Palpatine, that you declare, without reservation, the separatist state legitimate. Then we have a very bold accusation from Lux Bonteri, who no one knew was going to be there, who just kind of walks in and is like, I certainly yeah, didn't. Yeah, Captain Duke. Hey, just, who, who is, hey, Greg, just for me, just, who is Lux Bonteri and why is that a big deal? I need this. The, so... It is a little hard sometimes to choose episodes because technically this kind of is a standalone episode. Right. Technically, like there's, it's not like a whole arc, but it does. I mean, they introduced you to some stuff, and it, yeah, it, it is a little hard. So Lux Bonteri is the son of Mina Bonteri, who was yeah. a separatist that was starting to be like critical of Dooku, and that never ends well when you're. Yeah, I can imagine critical of the party. Yeah. He was in a couple arcs before this, I believe, and there's some very clear, like, he has a long moment of eye contact with Ahsoka after he, like, walks in. And he's just like, he has this long moment where he's just like, hey. hey yeah, how you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, and he, and he sort of flicks his CGI cowlick to the other side of his face. How's this working for you, huh? Huh? <laughs> Pixels galore, Maybe baby. Maybe try spinning. <laughs> i've heard that girls like that sometimes yeah he's i mean he's it's just like this preppy fancy lad right he comes in like he's got a little tunic on i'm just trying to figure out like like okay even knowing what his plan is here like yeah, how's your There's security, guys? They immediately grab him. And not just, like, they could have just killed, like, wh what are you thinking here, Lux? Like, right, you... because here's the setup, 
right? You have this long throne room. You've got the Duchess sitting in an amazing headdress on, on a throne, looking down the, the length. On one side, there are three chairs. On the other side, there are three chairs. And behind each chair is a guard. On the Republic side, there are these, I mean, what are they called? Paladins or whatever? They're, they're the precursors of the Imperial Guards, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, with open visored helmets and they're blue and they've got the crest. They're, they're really cool looking. On the other side, we got, we got some battle droids that I haven't seen before. Uh, maybe that's just a paint uh, job, but they also seem to just have a different characterization to them. These are commando droids, which are a little bit more like independent, and they yeah. they can do some pretty sick jumps, and they're a lot more like battle savvy than just the your standard like B one battle droid. The the death Smurfs in terms of their attitude and how they how they speak. Okay, that's unkind. Never mind. But yeah, despite the fact that this is an extremely important diplomatic occasion and heavily secured, this bumbling clump just wanders in and yells at everyone and interrupts the <laughs> interrupts their talks. No, I'm going to be speaking now. I'm going to say some shit. I mean, he takes one of the one of the podia and he says it has come to my attention that my mother was murdered by Count Dooku in cold blood. That is a lie. Remove this traitor immediately. So when I first, I'm not sure what this species is. It kind of looks like a Nymodian with like an overgrown brain is kind yeah. of what it looks like to me. Is that a, I'm is that a hat not, with sort of, oh I, no, do you I'm, know what it is? I'm he honestly not 100% sure. He probably has a regular sized head, but then he wears this hat that is also a little cat basket for a sphinx cat that's curled up there. And that's, <laughs> do you know how a sphinx cat sometimes looks like a, a supermarket turkey? All right, that is a much better, that is much better than me just like, oh, is it like exposed brain uh, just all hanging out there? It's just uh, hanging brain. He's outraged, as is the uh, uh, French Stegosaurus woman. So Lux is being like carted away by a couple of the commando droids and Ahsoka's just kind of like, we can't let him take him. And Padme is saying, okay, just be discreet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that goes over real, real well. Like, what does this look like from... I mean, the, the Separatist delegation is right there. They can see Padme whispering to her chief assassin, and then the chief assassin just pink panthers out of the... Like, how is everyone cool with this? I have many questions. I also have many questions about, like, why is there this, like, two-foot little side platform on a... 45 degree angle thing that Ahsoka's like lean running against like why is oh, it yeah. that bit I I don't understand architecture sometimes hey or ever like <laughs> fair fair same but none of this is to say like hey I love this episode and this show like it is visually gorgeous the stories seem to have a very different rhythm than we're used to in uh, in rebels or at least that's how it feels yes. for me yes they really do. That's one thing that I have absolutely noticed just in going back to it after just being so deep into Rebels is just like the pacing is very different in ways that I don't always remember. It, yeah. I don't know how to describe this pacing other than like there's it's. There are more abrupt transitions between locations and, and, and motivations and, and actions than in, in Rebels. Like there tends to be like a wipe. Or there tends to be mm -hmm. like an announcement for what the next thing is going to, to be, like repeating every, someone's motivation or, uh, or getting some kind of clue to uh, like 
Rebels was designed to be accessible to a younger audience, clearly, than Clone Wars was. It's, oh, absolutely. It's very dense, and, you know, a lot of stuff happens. I mean, she whispered with, with Padme, and now she's off on... What is this? Like a, a a walkway towards some tower or some spacecraft, a structure overhead. And yeah, she's infiltrating that behind these two commando droids. Oh, they've got cool lights in their eyes. Oh, I, and they I don't love the commando droids so much. And they don't talk, which makes them sinister. Who've brought Lux up a red elevator, always bad news, to a hologram room where the hologram yeah. was already active and probably Dooku wherever he is, was just standing around practicing his taunts. He was probably just kind of like, wait, just sitting there just like waiting because he wanted to make this dramatic entrance. I mean, look at Camp Dooku's cape. That is, yeah. that is a cape of someone who wants to make an entrance. Yes, that is a flourishing cape. Those are some rather strong accusations you have levied against me. You, uh, you pick your moment when you're going to turn. Corey Burton doing a very good job here as Count Dooku and, and really just selling it and love his Count Dooku a lot. And well written as well. I've done a lot of things, young man, and choose to remember them in order of importance. The death of your mother seems to have escaped me. It reminded me of M. Bison from the Street Fighter film where he has a similar monologue. <laughs> yes, that was Raul Julia. Oh, the poor man who's... <laughs> The last role that he performed where some woman has just tried to to assassinate him in revenge for, like, her village was destroyed by M. Bison. He goes, the day that I destroyed your village was the most memorable day in your history. For me, it was Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Which is such a powerful villain move. And he goes, yeah, I don't quite remember your mother, but if you say so. And then he decides to have Lux killed, which I'm not fully sure what the, the sort of motivation is or why the uh, commando droids are unarmed and sort of take that is a, Aikido stances. That was definitely my first question. I was like, why are they not armed? Actually, no, no, yeah, wait a second. No, I'm with Ahsoka, you. Because Ahsoka clearly like, does not have her lightsabers, not on her belt at all. If it's a peace talks, it was probably just like, no, even your droids need to be, like, unarmed. No. Except for, like, outside where they are armed, but they're guarding. And they're, like, guarding, like, their ship or, or whatever. Just yeah, like... perimeter guards. No, that seems like a sensible protocol. Yeah, like, yeah, you can, like, you can bring armed perimeter guards, but inside the complex is a no weapons, you know, yeah, it's uh, a, no it's weapons a, rule. It's a demilitarized zone. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if maybe that's a rule of the Duchess. You know how there there have been several like leaders of various cultures have sometimes instituted a rule out of fear of assassination that there could be no weapons in their palace, which has mm-hmm. often resulted to the point where I, I do believe that's where originally what we call chopsticks came from, an edict that there could be no knives in the uh, uh, oh what is the holy city or the, the the secret palace I think it was the, the Chinese, and they had to figure out how do you eat if you can't have a knife or a fork for that matter. I completely forgot that chopsticks utensil was a thing so i was thought th- you're talking about chopsticks like the piano thing oh <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway even unarmed ahsoka obviously is a force haha to be reckoned with uh, <laughs> that was yeah she shoved oh she come on that was a like, solid seven <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm just i was just trying to like not give it to you but no 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 i gotta i gotta give it to you so 
she force pushes like both droids and takes off running and the camera is very much alive here because it, it does wow. a lot of like very dramatic like snap uh, zooms uh, and 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 high speed yeah. dolly shots and I mean the camera work throughout this is gorgeous it's really energetic it's not very I mean it's not naturalistic anyway in in Star Wars but it's particularly like physically implausible I mean I mean like I would say it's it's more like the prequel era really where where like you can you huh. do see like the, the the you do see them doing a little bit more ridiculous stuff and I do think that probably was intentional because in the interview Joel Aaron did say that they were trying to do just mimic the kind of, of shots that you would see in the original trilogy for Rebels. Right. So it kind of would track, they would oh, Clone like, Wars, okay, how do we be... No, 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 no. For Rebels, they're trying to remake the original trilogy. So it kind of makes sense that they would try to more match oh. uh, yeah. the prequels. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that would make more sense. Also, like, it's just beautiful to watch because we, we have this very short chase sequence, but it's just a fun one. Like, just seeing yeah. them running away and through this... Over the sky bridge, through these hallways, hallways. yeah, like, with these hexagons, it's all it's all cerulean and teal. Oh, look at me just, knowing some colors! It's absolutely beautiful. And then we we arrive to, I believe, this is the very first appearance of the Lantillion short hauler, which we did see in Rebels. Did we? Ooh, yes, I believe in the very first episode with, with Ketsu, that's one of the ships that they were on. Ah, okay, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. It seems to have like. Um, it has movable bits, so I'm inclined to call those S-foils. They're currently pointed up. They come down as they as it leaves. Because Ahsoka is now bringing Lux aboard this this spacecraft that is being guarded by these... What are they called? The, the blue-helmeted... I, yes, I, I'm about 90% sure they're specifically Senate guards. They're specifically just to, like, just... That makes both, sense. Both, both like, the, the Senate building and, like, when they're go, when Dignitary are going off. Of, yep. You need to have some protection. And... Yeah. Whom... Ahsoka abandons? Okay, this part I was a little bit confused about. Like, you do a yeah, kidnapping, was... essentially, during these peace talks, then you run into your spaceship, droids and Senate guards are shooting at each other, and then you leave, and the battle continues, and droids and Senate guards are dying? Yeah, what? like, Ahsoka, I... Be discreet, she says. <laughs> exactly. That's why I was laughing because I was like, "That's not how being discreet works at all." That's <laughs> hey, but those Senate guards, hey, they're pretty hot. Yeah, I. Right. Am... Those are some some that are some fit, like, well fitting armor. You can see how this is just kind of like they they took like the existing clone trooper assets and just kind of like painted them what a different sets? color and gave them a different helmet. Assets. <laughs> I know the joke you're trying to get me. No, no, like no. I know what you're That's doing. Okay. I'm just saying, like the the actual like model. They just like they just gave it a, a nice paint job. It's it's glorious. Plus, I love the crest. Like it looks like yeah, a the, the there horse are horses hair crest yes. type, like the zebra mohawk. Oh, God. I once met. It's a breed of horse called the Nordic Fjord, and they're these beautiful sort of uh, light brown horses, or at least this one was, and they also have the sticky-uppy mane, which is really cool. And what's really cool about them is that the mane is in... Is, is that the, the scientific term, sticky-uppy? Uh, yes, the sticky-uppy instead of the floppy-downy. <laughs> that is, the, that is the, the other side. And it has, like, these 
three sort of layers. If you look at it from the top, the mane has dark brown bristles on the outside and then uh, a, a layer of lighter bristles on the inside. So one of the things that you can do, you know, as a, as a keeper of a Nordic fjord, is to sort of trim the outer layers down and get these fun sort of patterns, right? If you you can make sort of block patterns and, uh, you know, it's it's really kind of... I mean, it's your horse. You can paint it any color you want, really. Now I just want to see what a Nordic Fjord, like, with their main all style looks like, because that sounds really, it's, really cool. It's dope, right? But I really do want to keep want to keep going. So Yes. Okay. Yeah, now I need to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so she escapes leaving these, like, Senate guards to just kind of d- die Die, and the peace talks um, in ruins, which apparently is... Fine, and Anakin does not blame her for... Ahsoka, Padme just contacted me. She told me the peace negotiations have all but collapsed. Where are you? Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder if maybe the firefight outside the the neutral location during the kidnapping was a thing. The fact that you had a Jedi immediately disappear after, the, after they were going to handle a, a separatist matter, like, internally... Um, yes, because he was a separatist citizen and he was being taken away to face separatist justice, ostensibly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and but from a legal and diplomatic point of view, like, that's the story, right? This is one of their citizens. So Anakin's just telling her, just like, okay, well, I guess bring him to Coruscant and we'll see what we can do about giving him immunity. And but Lux he doesn't is... want to go to, to Coruscant. He wants to turn people into dinosaurs. And, uh, oh, this is from that. <laughs> Wait. Sorry, I pulled pull that a little bit too easily. No, there's a Spider-Man comic where he meets this like evil villain who has turned himself into a, uh, a pterodactyl or something, and he goes, "But, but you're right. a brilliant That's scientist. Right. Yep. If you have the ability to do this, like you could use your science to cure cancer." And then the villain explains, "But I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs." And like, okay, no, yeah, I get it. I yeah, I I understand the reasoning. I understand the Actually, for for Lux. I kind of get this as well, because Ahsoka says, well, now that you're on the outs with the separatists, the Republic will offer you a sanctuary. And he's not interested in that. What are you doing with a gun anyhow? You're not a fighter. I'm no longer a separatist either. I won't join the Republic. What other options do you have? Which is a really interesting, you know, a a political reality. When two parties are at war, those are the only options that anyone considers. Yeah, and I mean, like, even Mandalore is being wrapped up in it, like, trying to stay neutral. Okay, you're being, like, if you're going to host peace negotiations, like, what happened here is a risk. Like, that is a very, yeah. like, it, it is a risk to, to parties that are willing to play that. It's just, like, is our hostilities going to break out here as well? And Yeah, it is playing with fire. It, it happened. <laughs> Uh, and it happens again. Uh, Curse your sudden yet inevitable betrayal. He pulls a yeah, gun there's on a, her. And but apparently he has, like, a taser that he just uh, gives Ahsoka the, uh, just, a, just a little good Just a little tap taser. in the neck. Just a little sweet night-night. Because she effortlessly, like, disarms him from the gun. She calls it a gun, by the way. That's not a word we hear we hear often in Star Wars. It's usually blaster. And also... She's being trained as a military commander, and I'm pretty sure in the armed forces, gun has a very specific meaning, and it's not what you hold in your hand. I really am starting to think about it, like, if... Have ever I'm heard the sure, word gun before? Sh- 
I feel like we we may have, but I don't like referring know to a blaster, sure. a handheld pistol. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. yeah. Okay, I and R two comes in and he's just kind of like and he. It seems Ahsoka's quite exhausted. She probably should sleep it off. <laughs> She's so sleepy, he says, and tucks her in. We should let her sleep. And then he sets course for where we know not. Which is where Ahsoka wakes up, reaching for her weapons that she expects to be there. Yes, which was just a kind of neat little thing that I noticed is like, they're actually showing like her empty little belt clips. Uh, yeah, but she was already. There, which just like, she was already unarmed on the planet. When she was in the cockpit, she did have them again because, like, oh yes, we, I, I mean, see. I mean, it's probably just like in some storage container. She's like, no, I need this like on me. I'm a, I'm a Jedi. That's like, oh yes, you've got a, you've do. got a coat rack with slots for for lightsabers. Like when you walk into the saloon, you spit in the well, bucket and you hang up your iron. <laughs> As R two finds out, there is just like a large storage closet for two very, very, very small like cylindrical objects. So it, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a very efficient use of of storage space, but oh well. Ah, But then we arrive in this beautiful location. She looks outside, and it's a snowy landscape. There are these trees with pink blossoms. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It, it, it's absolutely just stunning just seeing like this like cherry blossom environment that they're in, and we get one of my favorite things in Star Wars, which is just like cold weather attire. Yes, I. I love I it. I love, I love snowtroopers. I love yep. like all the looks of the the, the parkas, the, the rebels, the, the the parkas. We actually see like a precursor to the snowtroopers in season one episode of Clone Wars, where it's actually like the clones have their own like yeah. really cool looking version. It's just like I, it just makes me happy. Just like I love the cold weather looking stuff and just so, outerwear uh, in general. Right, it's and it's and and as Ahsoka's thing have little like little uh uh I don't know what they're called like just the, the points puff, the, well the, like but like the puffy ball thing that you'd see like on a, like a woolly hat yes on top of like her Montreal points so it's <laughs> it's great I it's, love it's it so such much. a cool thing and it's fur trimmed it's a great look he's just got a boring cap on with a, some kind of hexagonal symbol on the side. I mean, she it, looks a lot it does look, it does does look like it'd be like a comfy knitted cap, though. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, I like a good and, hood, though. Oh, wow, the fur even sort of blows in the wind. This is beautifully done. Really, really beautiful. And then, speaking of beautiful, it's a bunch of Mandalorians. Mandalorians. <laughs> It's a bunch of Mandalorians. Yes, they you can, arrive. You can you could see my thought process there. That's not the word. You have to add. Let's an see Ian's. if there's any more words somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, they descend from the heavens. They they look so cool. They do. One of them does the superhero landing, which is super bad for your knees. They're they're surrounded. And is that Bo-Katan? Hey, kid, you're late. Death Watch. Yes, it is. I recognized her. It's Bo-Katan. Her neat helmet. So Bo-Katan was originally just going to be just a male lieutenant. And then Filoni came on as the director for this episode. And he was just like, okay, I want to change it up a little bit. So he made uh, this just like random lieutenant into a female. Right. 
had them make the really cool barn owl inspired helmet. That's um, exactly what it is. Yes, it's a barn yes, owl which, face. Which wow fits perfectly because even the name of that style of helmet uh, yeah. is night owl, as in N I T E owl. Uh, okay. So that's which just makes me happy. And I just remembered something. Bo-Katan, Katie Sackoff of... Uh, in Mandalore? Yep. Or in The Mandalorian? And in this. Oh, shit! Oh! And 100% in this. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that must have been so uh, amazing. They were clearly fans of Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, where Katie Sackoff absolutely stole the show. I found this out right after we recorded uh, last week's episode where we're talking about Maul and Sam Witwer and everything. Right. Sam Witwer was in Battlestar Galactica. Yes, he was LT. Crashdown, I think. Oh, yes. Sorry. I'm remembering. I think I think that's right. But he was a lieutenant, and so he was called LT. And he got fragged because he was not a very good leader. <laughs> yeah, but so, so it's like they're clearly fans there. Or maybe, I mean, I just love Katie Sackhoff entirely because of Bo-Katan. That's and, okay. And, and just my last little thing here, and I'm sure that people who, who watch Battlestar are also just like, wait, why have you not seen it? Oh, I have not seen it. Why have you not seen it? It's like, I'm, I'm going to get to it. Don't worry. Last little thing, just because you'll appreciate it. Yes. The name Bo-Katan. Oh, God. What were is, they eating? Uh, what was for lunch when they were coming up with the name Bo-Katan? Named after Dave Filoni's cat. But. Oh, Bo. Anne. But no, well. And oh. but specifically, but like Boogie Cat Anne became Bo Katan. <laughs> Guys, come on. There's there is so much in the world that you could pull from. And why do you do this? Because okay, yeah. She says, let's take him to the boss. I like to imagine this was this is all part of like Kat's plans when they were like domesticating humans millennia ago of just like we're going to, like this is part of all part of our ultimate goal here <laughs> to get a star wars character named after ourselves so that we'll be cooler than the dog that is sometimes allowed to have a gun <laughs> thank you jonathan star wars deep nerd cut okay so ahsoka is on her guard and I think it's Bo-Katan asks, and who is this? Because clearly Lux was here to meet these Mandalorians. And the appearance of Ahsoka is unexpected. So Ahsoka says, I'm his... Betrothed. Betrothed. That's the one. And huh. the, the expression that she gives is like... <laughs> yeah. Smiling at him, just like nodding a few times. Like a little Disney like... princess. She's like Elsa. In, <laughs> or no, the other one, Anna. It really is like a sudden shift from just like Ahsoka, just kind of like, yeah, I'm just. I'm just these absurd Ahsoka moon eyes at, uh, at Lux, and they're actually, I've got to say, super cute together. Like, that's it, really it's adorable. A, it's a couple that, that, that works, but I mean, Bo Katan is not a, a shipper of them. I d realize I don't know what this ship name is, and I'm sure someone's probably griping at me, whatever. Because Bo Katan's Lux like, oh, she's. Yeah, that's what I was trying to. It's better than a Sokux. A Sokux sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am not. No, that sounds no. like a, please, a, please tell me that's not what it's actually called. Please tell me it's not what it's actually called. No, that yeah. sounds like a banned subreddit. Anyway, she starts. Yeah, but, I mean, she sort of pulls Ahsoka's mouth open to check her teeth or something, and she says, "Little skinny, isn't she?" 
She serves a purpose. Lux? What? Lux, my dude. <laughs> what the fuck? I like to th I think what the fuck? he just doesn't know what betrothed's are. He doesn't know what that is. So he thinks it's maybe some kind of pastry chef or something? I don't... <laughs> He's a fancy lad. He just hasn't been taught this by his late mummy. What is the... What is the what purpose does that mean? of a betrothed? I'm... <laughs> yes. Well, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna... Is, why is the purpose of a betrothed affected by the BMI of the betrothed? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and... R2 just uh, completely lacking some situational awareness here, just kind of like holding out these lightsabers, just like, Ahsoka! Ahsoka! Uh, I found them! Oh. And then seeing and all these kinda, Mandalorians, just quickly keisters them again. Kind of kind of tucks them in, and there's people that don't have jetpacks. They have to bring like normal, boring transportation instead of just being it's a cool, cool speeder. flying around on your... Yeah. Well, and the speeder bikes yes, are even yes, cooler... I don't know why I decided to just forget why I decided to go for like transportation instead of just speeders. I don't. That's, I'm not gonna try hey, and make sense of what I'm saying anymore. Your brain is so full of Star Wars. It you know it gets clogged up there sometimes. Apparently with Ahsoka as well, which forgets <laughs> what a blaster is. At least it's not like Lux, where, yeah, he, and, where he just doesn't know what a betrothed is. Uh, I should stay with the ship. No, you're coming too. They lift up R2 and just kind of like throw yeah. him on the back of the speeder. Ahsoka go goes on the back holding on to another Mandalorian just kind of holding on to him and as they're flying by we have this really cool like sequence of them oh it's so cool as this like convoy or like like a biker gang kind of a, yeah um, yeah yeah they're flying feel. in formation around the speeder and the two bikes are flanking it it's so cool so so cool Ahsoka's kind of giving Lux like a little bit of like a, a stink eye in the back of the bike like yeah this is a bad idea. This, what are you doing? This is... And it's getting worse. We see them, like, driving through this forest of these beautiful pink flowering trees. I mean, you get a close-up at some point of these. They're, they're not flowers. They're like Venus flytraps or, like, anemones. They've got these mm -hmm. uh, uh, these sort of fronds to the leaves. Approaching these, these larger structures, and we arrive at the Mandalorian camp, where they're abusing some, uh, some droids quite horribly, just shooting at their legs like dance monkey dance it, it was really awful and straight up executing this large droid that goes down in a very monotone voice asking why that ugh. yeah i knew you were not gonna like this part but like i knew it was gonna be worth it for yes for for, for later on. It does it does get worth it later on for this poor moment of droid cruelty. It's just pure horror. And then Bo-Katan brings them to the boss. And I know Bo-Katan from The Mandalorian, from her appearance there, where she is the boss. So I was curious, oh, who do we have here? And after a moment's privacy, where Ahsoka tells Lux that he's making a terrible mistake, these are Death Watch, he remembers what betrothed are for and uh, kisses her. <laughs> to maintain cover when someone arrives is this the pre vizsla i heard him yes, being called is. ah you proud of me so sir? so yeah yeah i'm 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 very happy that you remembered uh so this is we have john favreau here which what is this is the, yeah okay yeah, no this, wonder he yeah. sounds so cool okay i have so many notes here wow he sounds cool <laughs> he sounds really cool 
<laughs> Actual John so, Favreau. That's amazing. Am I interrupting something? Yes. Yeah, so, so they brought John Favreau in. I believe his first appearance was 2009 or 2010. So it was like it was it was not too long after after Iron Man. That, right. Uh, that, that they brought him on and. Vizsla is he's so scummy <laughs> yes scummy he's, is the word he's, he's like a, a 60s london gangster he he speaks of violence with such glee he loves to show off his scar oh he's uh, it, like half the, in shadow it's very noir yeah the lighting when he's showing off the scar is so so fantastic too and you see this scar it was a parting gift from Count Dooku. If you question my resolve to destroy him again, I will give you one just like it. Meanwhile, R2 is brought into uh, the little droid workshop of horrors where all the broken... Like, those Mandalorians that droid are bringing workshop, them there. Droid workshop of horrors, <laughs> droid workshop... Droid workshop of terrors. And thus, Sorry, the episode I, has named itself. Yep. I had to stop and think of myself like... Does that make like does that fit the if it's right? Okay, go go go. <laughs> You're like your own stage manager, sort of holding back the chorus line. No, you can't go yet. No, no, yeah, now, 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 do it quick before I mean, you say if, something if else. The stage stupid. manager is also like writing backstage, like yeah, that works. Go, go, do it, do it. <laughs> Where these. I mean, they they sound like smug jock frat boys, right? Skull and bones kids. Now, and, 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 and prepare these droids so we can use them for target practice again. <laughs> Which is yeah, just horrendous. It's really horrible, and you even hear like them them saying like, "We yes. resemble us. We're not battle droids anymore. Like, help us, we are help slaves. us." And, and they're just surrounding R two and R two. Poor two is just is he's just getting very overwhelmed because yeah it's there's a lot of them yeah I mean it's cool to see this collection of droids there's a what I think you've told me is called a gonk droid which I just yeah, love we, we have the gonk droid we have like a I recognize the one of them droid with the yeah the I, I recognize one face. of them from like uh, Jabba's palace sail barge um, yeah he was yeah, the yeah. Uh, and, the sort of head droid. Or he says the word the big, sail barge. The no big round one. Egg. Yes, that one. Uh, I believe about. I know it's a Clone Wars uh, specific one. It's really just like a big eye with guns on it. Like yeah, like the Droidicar Pro Max Plus <laughs> Extreme with extra zest. Yeah, th- this is this is the new model that Tim Cook is going to be unveiling this year. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I've heard them. They probably did talk, and I just don't remember it. There's like a hundred some odd episodes of Clone Wars. It is hard to remember everything okay. that happened in Clone Wars. It sounds really cool. Like I love that sort of robotic voice effect and speaking in monotone. Please reassemble us. Please reassemble us. Which is just a great. Like there is clearly so much emotion behind there like please reassemble us but also like the unique horror of not being able to express your emotions through your voice or through your body or whatever but still having to feel them like that existential nightmare of droid life we have got to move on because i'm just spiraling here fortunately we get a moment of levity when ahsoka is introduced to the other indigenous slaves yeah i was gonna say we move from one like 
Yeah. Uh, indentured servitude to another bit of indentured servitude with all the, the village people's, like, wives and children. and Yeah. Oof. Who are now the household staff for the... Uh, 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 these Death Watch? They're garbage people, aren't they? Yeah. Which... Yeah. Is a, is a fun bit because I feel like a good amount of people, I mean, myself included, I'm not going to pretend like that I did not forget. Forget that the Bo-Katan was part of Death Watch and was part of mm-hmm. was part of this. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, yeah. Like, I can kind of right So it actually kind of like, it, it does make sense why why her reaction to, to Din Djarin being Death Watch is as jarring as it is in Mandalorian Season 2. Of just like, all right, yeah, you're part of my past that I... I, Wait, yeah, you're part of that. Watch? You're that part of my past. Oh yeah, the children yeah, of the yeah. watch. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and there's just that that weird like dynamic because it's like, all right, yeah, I did used to do that, didn't I? Yeah, you sure did, Bo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we briefly meet one of the uh, the locals. She's uh, apparently the chieftain's granddaughter. She's got a cool like like she's got, she knows how to accessorize. So she's got these cool sort of diamond patterns painted on her face. I'm I'm presuming those aren't naturally occurring because everybody else seems to have different uh, uh, different patterns. So it seems to be some sort of uh, yeah. She, decoration. she has she has like really interesting little like headdress thing on as well. Yeah, that too. Uh, and which now that I'm thinking about the headdress thing, it's like oh, I wonder if they just like they were just designing the characters like. Hey, just want Padme's voice actor to do it? Yeah, sure. Let's just get Catherine over here. Just like, hey, Catherine, just go over here. Just want to just like do this voice here. Oh wow! It's but then do it. Do an accent. Do an accent. (laughs) You don't want to make them angry. They are far from rational. (laughs) Believe me, you have no idea. And and then it just becomes uncomfortable again with another Death Watch member coming in, just like we feast. Your masters are hungry. It's another one of those real broy bullies. Yeah, yeah. Get cooking, yeah. My so dad owns a sportsmobile you, or whatever the fuck. You know, I can totally understand why the the protectors were like so upset that Sabine was part of that. that Sabine like was was part right. of like House Vizsla, just like. Oh yeah, you're part of the. Uh, yeah, you're, you're from that garbage no house. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You're from. Uh, you're from. Like, let's name a family that's uh, related to not a. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I was, <laughs> Actually, as a Dutch person, I can say that Alva, who was the like the Spanish conqueror of the Netherlands during the Eighty Years' War. As a Dutch person, I think I'm entitled, or Napoleon for that matter. In certain parts of the world, Napoleon is not a particular, oh, you're a Bonaparte? Well, you could just... Just get blown apart. Whoa. You can just suffer the vicious sting of whatever taunt I'm going to come up with in probably about 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so we we go into like this that like them feasting and everything, and it's uncomfortable with all the native people and Ahsoka just like serving them food, and it's it's yep, it's a gross, uncomfortable situation. And even Ahsoka's just like hungry. Careful not to choke on your stupidity. Yeah, <laughs> because they're celebrating. Oh yeah, we sort of missed that during Pre's sort of charming, threatening conversation with Lux. Lux handed Showing over... Showing off his scar. 
Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lux handed over his swatch, his wrist swatch, which was a cunning device that can locate the origin of holograms. And that's what he was wearing when uh, Count Dooku was taunting him. That was his plan, to make this grand accusation, to then be brought before a remote hologram of Dooku, activate this device, get Dooku's location, and then pass it on to these Death Watch garbage people to kill Dooku, because they also wanted that. All right, that's the plan so far. And as far as Lux is concerned, going pretty well. Yeah, he's he's about as clueless as uh, Previsla is there. Like after, because Ahsoka is saying like that that like insult to Lux like fairly loudly, and yeah. Previsla is just yeah. like, "I see your woman has fit in well. Now how will you fit in?" See, this is one of those you situations miss that? Where, like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's that gangster thing where you don't quite know whether you're in their good graces, and then it's fine or if they're toying with you because they want to cause you harm, right? It's like swimming with a shark where, has it recently eaten? Is it uninterested? Or is it just biding its time? Yeah. Is it looking for sport? And there's real, like, tension and menace in this whole scene. Definitely biding his time when we have the entrance of Chieftain Pider, who, you will appreciate this, was named after... Pyder DeVries from Dune. Oh, cool. That <laughs> so is just, really cool. I was like, well, Kaki's a Dune person. I have to write this down. Or, like, if I he finds out Dune later, he will, be, he will be out for blood. Like, I am a desert you withheld. <laughs> you withheld a Dune and Star Wars connection from me? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, we don't get a lot of those, do we? It's not a... I guess I mean, the asteroid well, sandworm. But, yeah. Lucas did also say that he was like very much inspired by Dune as a whole. Like, oh yeah, the Sand People and the Jawas and the, the, that concept yeah, of yeah. desert dwelling cultures. Yeah, yeah. And even the new version of the crate dragons. I believe that I believe the crate dragon used to be a little more lizard-like at one point in in Legends. But when we saw the crate dragon in uh, in in Man, it was a lot more like a sandworm than it used to be, as far as I remember. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was more like a giant graboid, though. Yeah. Right? It, from, it from felt tremors? more wormy than I remember it being. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. Sorry. Back to the Star Wars. <laughs> Leave Star Wars. Yes, go back to sorry. the Star Wars. Because Chieftain Piter, who has... He's made some choices with his hair. Right? He's made some Amidala-level choices. You are no longer welcome here. Well, if our presence here isn't welcome, we'll make ready to leave. You have my word. Tomorrow at dawn. Wow. And Lux has no issue with the fact that, like, oh, yeah, yeah, see that, like, a thinly veiled threat? They're not the no, butchers see, you think they are. They're very reasonable, aren't they? <laughs> like, he's, he's like Prince Valium from Spaceballs. Just <laughs> 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 always yawning. Total pill. Okay, more cool speeders. Oh, yes, I really like this bit. So they pass through what sort of looks like uh, a, a Japanese gate, as one sees on the road sometimes, into this <laughs> settlement with really fascinating architecture. Hey, have they been here before? Is this a culture that's familiar? Or did they create this whole village, this whole style of, of architecture, just for this one scene? I believe it's all just for this one thing. I mean, th so, so we have the fact oh, that, like, the it's... The budget like, of this show. The, 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 the trees are, like 
very much based on like like Japanese uh, cherry blossom and everything. So it just kind of makes sense. They just try and pull more of that in. So we have some. The, oh, yeah, the buildings it, are very it, vertical. It, the, the the roofs sort of slant down. They're they're curved. They're still shingled, it, which is an interesting blend of styles. Just like the shape of it, it definitely feels very like Southeast um, Asian. I think in general, like it's also yeah, a Chinese it, style, where the, sometimes the roofs curve down and then a little upward at the corners. It was one of those things. Where it was like I don't know how to describe this exactly, but like it makes sense in my head. But I don't know how to get the pictures to words how to like a tent how to words yeah yeah right the roof sort of looked like certain styles of tent especially where the material is a little slack so they arrive in the center of the town and descending like well-armed angels Ooh, that's the, a nice image well angels let's go with, let's keep with the biker gang theme here <laughs> yeah <laughs> the mandalorian hell's angels descend it's a really cool shot just to remind everyone how absolutely they are, Pre returns the the chieftain's granddaughter and then runs her through with a dark saber, which I'm glad that I know what that is. Yes, because, yes, because if I hadn't seen uh, Mandalorian season one and two, I would be a bit at a loss. This thing, it looks so weird when he slashes it. Yeah, so the very first time that it showed up in, I think, season two, I just remember, like, jumping up and down, <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs, just like, what the hell is that? I love it, because it has a very specific sound and look and everything. Yep, it's it's black with a white sort of sparking rim. What's particularly interesting in the way that it's animated is it has the same sort of arcing behavior that lightsabers have. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's a like a physical feature. I think that's always been a feature of them being filmed. Like it's the impression that they are so bright that as they move across a frame, they leave a, a, essentially a streak, a fan after, of after images yeah. of themselves. But the dark saber seems to do that too. It's not just dark. It's it leaves a dark after image, which the physics of that just baffle me. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those things where, where, like, when I did like video thing, even though like I barely moved my saber in this thing that I did, I, I, I tried it without it. No, 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 no. Actually, no. It was a still image. It was a still image. But I was trying to like convey motion. I tried it without it. And it was like, it looks bad. Yeah. It looks bad. I have to That's have like that sweep to to yes. convey that motion, or it just doesn't work. Yeah. So the funny thing with the dark saber is. It was originally going to be like just a vibro blade that you saw in like Knights of the Old Republic, right? Uh, yeah. But George Lucas, like, at the very last minute, was just like, I don't like the idea of a vibro blade blocking a lightsaber. So they had all the assets. They had like the beginning of animation, and they're like, huh. "We cannot change it." So we're just going to paint over, and that's basically what they Whoa. they just they just changed it. So and that's how it came to be. It was just. Wow. Okay, we're just going to paint over to make this the very like distinctive like yeah. almost katana like shape to it. Uh, we're probably going to get a correction for that. I'm going to invite some rebel intelligence. What sort of sword does the dark saber represent because it it does have a particular shape. It doesn't remind me like katanas don't taper the same way. Katanas have it, a, a chisel sort of end and this one has a has a point end. Yeah, I okay. I'm not. A, I'm not a sword person, but so I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna. Try rebel there, intelligence, but... please. Oh God, now I'm gonna have to think of a rebel intelligence song. 
No, you came up with the last one. You could do that. <laughs> well, you know, we kick off into just the troopers torching the place. Yep. And everyone's sh- opening up their flame showing throwers. them to be exactly exactly who we know they are. <laughs> of Yeah. And as Pre says to Lux, Boy, what are you doing? Never let the weak tell you what to do. It's uh, uh, it's brutal. The villagers are running for their lives. We have this shot where like they're they're it's kind of panning around everyone and Previs is very proudly saying welcome to Death Watch as this village is burning down. It's like So this is is who Death Watch is. They like to they like to watch death is their thing. Is that that's a stupid gang name. Well, okay, when you put it that way. No, but actually, it's a reference to uh, in, in four thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. No, no, okay. I guess, I guess I've just defined the origin of the name Death Watch, and it's kind of stupid. Well, I don't have a big like sharp object for me to like force Polithor me to, to me and like hurl at you as you're trying to uh, torch my fun here. That, that was, was a bad solid seven and a half. No, 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 no. That that's really. I think this is this was the that the, was the very the, specific, the brilliant taunt that I foretold twenty minutes ago. Just about. <laughs> hey, yeah, but look at us but, go. But, Teamwork. But that's exactly what Ahsoka does because she just impales a guy with like an improvised spear. Yeah, she's had enough, so she force pulls some junk over, does a roll, does a toss, and she starts kicking ass. She's had enough of this. Yeah, she does like use like this piece of piping to or or whatever to block saber that does absolutely nothing against lightsabers. So uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't last long. Is is a dark saber a type of lightsaber? Like, is there a kind of yes. crystal in there? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. Cool. Uh, yes, it is a it is an actual like lightsaber. There's a whole there's yeah. Neat. She is subdued by uh, a variety of. I mean, they they just sort of rope her wrist from the sky and then another one and then another one and she's subdued and Pri sort of taunts over her, well, what do we have here? Looks like we got ourselves a Jedi. <laughs> Which is bad yeah, news, right? She... Because the, the, not popular among the Mandalorians. They're definitely not. I Oh. Okay, I sh- I, so now that, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I know, like... I believe that the Jedi put down a lot of them at the last, at the last, like the last war. It was, it was a little bit like um, uh, cool. Mass Effect wise, like with the Krogan just kind of like right. just becoming too much for like the safety of everyone. So they're just like, okay, we have to just kind of like put a stop to this. I believe that's what it was, but it has been a little bit. So I'm gonna, I'm ask sorry, for... I'm sorry. There's Bothans. No, ask for rebel intelligence. You can ask for it. You don't have to. We've. No, no, we have to put a cap on rebel intelligence, or everything's gonna be rebel intelligence. We like no cocky. That's not the spirit of the Bothan report. The Bothan report is like Bothans need to die. <laughs> I know when we get something wrong, but you just don't know. So are you just going to guess? No. Okay. So I'm, if well, next week somebody comes, okay, well, but, actually, but, the Death Watch but, was named. But, after what, if, what, if, what if I'm saying that I'm pretty sure that that's what the case is, but like it's not. But like I'm not 100. percent Like what about that case? Because I feel like that's where I'm at. Here's like. Okay. So we need a third kind. 
Yeah, we need a third kind okay, of... Okay, now, now it's just getting too complicated for one form. I don't want to make, like, three different forms for all of this. <laughs> it's just a drop-down, Greg. You can save so many bottles. Okay. Ooh. What a pair we make. And speaking of pairs, the other half of this pair, while Ahsoka is subdued and being taken back to the camp... There's a lot of moving back and forth in this episode. R2 has single extremity D... <laughs> put back together this whole variety of droids who are grateful. Thank you, friend. How can we repay you? The big hulking, like, oh, what's it? What's the D&D &D uh, thing called that's just a big giant eye? Is it like observer, a regarder? Oh, 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 I should know this. There's the... Uh, the beholder? The beholder. Beholder, that's the one. I yes. think that's kind of what this thing is. The sort of deep-voiced beholder says, thank you, friend, how can we repay you? And for a second, I forgot that this was R2 and not Chop, because his answer is, <laughs> boop, 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 violence. Yeah, I have an idea yeah, how you can I mean, repay me. But hey, hey, the beholder knows exactly, exactly what's going on. He's like, okay, I compute, I'll tell the others. Which leaves R2 to uh, go over to where Ahsoka's being, like, dragged off to and help with a distraction. <laughs> in, yeah. In the, in the way only R2 can. Yes, which is to butt headbutt someone. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so inside, Vizsla's talking to Lux and just like, oh, you brought a Jedi here. Like, how could you, like, you betrayed our trust kind of a thing. This is our version of justice. We want the same thing. You want justice for Count Dooku. We want justice for the Jedi. So yeah. this is how it's going to go. And R2 adds some cool smoke effects. and, and like so cool. Does a little dance and leaves me with, again, probably my single favorite kill in all of Star Wars, which sounds really weird to say. But like this is one of the coolest moments in, in the whole thing to me because... Yeah. Snaps Ahsoka's bonds, pops the two lightsabers. Hey, green, by the way, I noticed. Not the white sabers that I know her with. Yeah, so she had green, and then I, I think at a later point she had blue. So she got like the... I was going to say the whole rainbow, but she's had three colors. And she rainbow. jumps up through the mist, does a spin jump, and four Mandalorian heads fall to the ground beside, like, woo! Thanks, buddy. Well, this, this, this is for an older audience. So I've watched this a lot of times, so I actually know exactly what happened because these are all the ones that are holding onto her. So when she jumps up, they get pulled in because they're attached to her by their tethers. Oh, and, and she's spinning to... that's how she frees herself is just she brings them close enough for her lightsabers to just go clean through their necks. And it's... Not much cock, those armors. Well, it's between the armors. It's in like the... Oh, yeah, like it's going for, the, going for uh, the neck. Yeah. Some really cool poses. There is one moment, alas, where she uh, she lands with her swords, her blades behind her. Oh, no, no, no. That's uh, uh, covering her head first, and then she brings them around again. She's very good. She's always got one lightsaber on either side of her, uh, mm -hmm. defending herself against like the threat in front of her, but also keeping some ready for uh, a possible attack from Just, behind. Yeah, and the attack does come from the front because we have a very brief little bit of, of lightsaber fighting. It's gorgeous. 
with the, the, the way the dark saber is just moving across like it's very distracting just looking at this because it's like oh that's so pretty it's that so pretty so, and they really like so they get a lot of value out of it they keep the tips of the blade come very close to the camera so you've got all this cool foreshortening which turns the dark saber into this wedge sort of samurai jack style you know uh, yes. A, a, a hyper- yes that is a perfect way to describe that and you can also just see the fact that like Vizsla just is not very good. Like he he's not like trained with this at all. He, this is just this is just brute force. This would this would basically just be me if I was handed like a sword of just like right. I don't know what I'm doing, but I could kind of know like pointy and goes in you. Yes, and just keep up the pressure. Like I once saw mm-hmm. a, a, a swords person's review of I think it was the climactic duel of the Force Awakens with first Poe and then Rey picking up the lightsaber mm-hmm. and fighting Kylo, and he particularly praised Poe because even though it was clear he hasn't held a sword before, but he's just pressing, attacking, attacking. Which, if you're an inexperienced uh, swords person, is a great idea because as long as the more experienced opponent is defending, he's not killing you. I mean, it's working out pretty well because, like, he does have strength to his to his advantage here. He, yeah. he gets a good, like, kick on Ahsoka, who comes, like, flying out of the tent. And see that R2 has made some friends. Kaki, yeah. I bring you I bring you a droid uprising. At I bring last. you a gift of a droid <laughs> uprising. In the snow. I thought of this episode. <laughs> I, I will say, I did <laughs> think of this episode before I realized that the, the droid uprising was in it. But then I realized, oh... This works out perfectly Thank for, you. for Kaki then. So <laughs> I am I am totally here for indigenous empowerment and uh, the serfs unshackling themselves and seizing their uh, their freedom and taking I mean I don't know that revenge is in their hearts. They certainly don't seem to mind opening fire and blasting these uh, these Mandalorians. Hey, why were but, these practice droids stored armed? Why do they have guns in them? With as little as they care, I could see them actually just thinking like, okay, why yeah, why not practice with live rounds? We're going to practice with live rounds for the actual thing, so we may as well like... That makes sense. Yeah, and just keep them yes. cowed with constant terror. Oh, uh, my heart broke when the, the heroic oh, the, the, beholder it actually, was... Yeah, there actually could be like, even like programmed like not to shoot at them and but like, oh, we'll, we'll use them oh, with for, a restraining bolt. for like protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, yeah. So there's, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty upset at Bo-Katan when she just destroys the beholder. I Yeah. Now, can he be put back together again? No, the lights are out. That's pretty final for a droid. He had, like, the entirety of his, like, head thing shot a lot. Yep. Like, his, his like, onboard computer is gone, unfortunately. Now, okay, so R2 and Lux and Ahsoka make it onto the speeder. Does it have a slot for R2, or does he just jump in the middle? R2's literally just, like, sitting in the passenger seat, like, he's... <laughs> that's not a slot for him. He's just like, he's like, all right, go, we're in. I'm good. What happens to the rest of the droids? Are we to assume that they're dead? We still see like blaster bolts firing uh, in the background of a couple of these shots before uh, Ahsoka jumps on the thing and, and flies away as well. After she gets a good hit onto Previsla's uh, jetpack. Not bad, Jedi. 
I didn't miss. Oh, I love that. It's so, it's so corny and cheesy and lots of movies do it and I love it every time. Yeah, so he has to, he has to like, just get off his back and it, it's this big explosion and it gives Ahsoka a chance to jump onto the speeder. But, but, but the other people have jetpacks. You didn't, you didn't slice everyone's jetpacks. Ah, backpacks, like, got jets. I'm Boba the Fett. My bounty hunt for a job. Oh, damn it. That's going to be my head. What have you done? What have you done? You know what I've done. Well, uh, I have blessed you with the glory of MC Chris. There's a really cool. Don't worry. I'll keep podcasting. Sorry. I was just starting to go through no, the script in the verses. I'm pretty sure I, I know way too much of that song. Anyway. It's really cool. There's a cool fight between Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. Think- yeah, she's holding off like like the the air combat. She re- she's like deflecting bolts back to a couple of the the Death Watch members who just go flying off to their deaths, except for Bo-Katan, who uh, yeah dodges I'm- two blasted bolts and and disarms her, but she's not so easily defeated. Cool fist fight. Do Ahsoka and Bo-Katan meet in the Mandalorian? They don't, do they? No, they don't. They do not. But Bo-Katan did tell Din where to, like that they were friends oh yeah that's right gosh yeah she she told din where to find a jedi yeah which huh you know, the the best friendships start with like literally trying to kill each other right that's been my right? experience <laughs> no <laughs> no there's the, the best friendships start with a Starfleet sticker on your lunchbox at school, and then somebody sits next to you. Oh, Star Trek. I, I think Star Trek's cool too. Look, I can do the Vulcan salute with both hands. And then you're friends. And that's it, to this day. God, don't you miss that simpler mode of just making friends where you could, I guess, just point at someone's Pokemon t-shirt and say you also like Pokemon, and but now you've got a friend. I don't remember how I became friends with my, with my oldest friend, but all I can remember for sure is that, like, one day we ate lunch together and then there's like, okay, we're friends now. I was like, yeah, we made man, sustained like, eye contact while we ate. That's, that's enough to be, like, there was a time when that's all it took. Okay. Anyway, apparently they're going to be very good friends. Yeah. They're, uh, they're going to be, they're going to be very good friends. Even like after the fist fight and Ahsoka like shoves her off the front of the speeder. And then she like tries to stop herself and isn't able to. So, out yeah. of the speeder and into the spacecraft and Ahsoka and Lux and R2 vacate the premises. They leave the planet and Ahsoka has a little chat with R2. See, this is another one of those examples of the sort of rhythm and, and pacing of the of Clone Wars feeling very different from Re- Rebels. Like, mm-hmm. they're just done and moving on. Like, no, no further it, thought to the droid battle or... Yeah, like, it's very... I'm still trying to figure out how to put my finger on it because we we talked about this a little bit with the last Jedi Beacon Mm. and it still kind of applies a little bit here of just like it feels I'm not going to say off it just feels different they're just they're very they're they're very different shows just in like like in, in, in all kinds of ways but like the pacing is very noticeable it's very decisive I generally don't like to use the term pacing because in my experience at least online that's usually used by people who yeah want who have an opinion and you know want to just know the pacing felt okay so you mean you were bored 
right? You don't have to talk. That's fine. That's a fine thing to say. I was bored in the middle. That doesn't mean that there were obvious pacing issues. It's oh, I guess the I guess that the like Rebels feels like it's able to breathe and focus on characters a little bit more than yes. than Clone Wars. Like sometimes, because Clone Wars seems like it's a bit more about like the overall adventure and less like on like okay, how are these characters handling? Some of these things that are going on, we don't yeah. kind of get some of the some of the same like kind of low moments where we can kind of like breathe and like okay, this insane thing just happened. What are we gonna do? Yeah, we kind of do get like a little bit of like a come down moment. Yeah, yeah, uh, with like the goodbye between Lux and and, and Ahsoka. Lux, what are you doing? I can't go with you, Ahsoka. You, you know that. He gets into the skate pod and. Yeah, the escape pod has been. That's a plush escape pod, by the way. Yeah, I was like, that is a big escape pod. I mean, it is like a senatorial shuttle, or whatever. But like, that still. that escape pod is a stateroom by itself. She tries to like convince him to stay, but even though she's shucked her winter coat, he's still in his knitted cap, and he tells her, "Oh, actually." Yeah, I was not really listening to this because I was paying attention. She's got wounds on her face, right? Is that from this battle? Yeah, yeah, she or... does. She did get a little bit like they did add some, some like texturing to her when she got like after she got dragged, and then I love it. They have the the mind to to be adding on some of that little bit of detailing that uh... that's fantastic. So I wasn't really paying attention to his excuses. I mean, it's sort of like. Young summer camp lovers saying goodbye at the end of, of summer camp and oh we can try to stay in oh oh yeah I mean it it also like it also allowed for like just some parallel between just like okay well Ahsoka has this kind of friendship but like there's clearly sometimes it feels like there's a little bit more there certain um, chemistry with this absolute dolt which kind of like mirrors just like okay Anakin has that like. Anakin and Padme, like there's With that. Lux? So it's like, oh. like okay, oh no, yes, sorry. Um, that's like that's a fanfic that I get into. <laughs> but but so, so so you have like, hey, we can't like Jedi are forbidden from attachment, but like you know sometimes like you still feel it's like how do you grapple with some of that stuff and oh yeah, yeah that's, that's the that, case that, for her as well, of course. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's also a little bit of that with with Obi Wan and another. Beautiful, heartbreaking, wonderful, oh, amazing. Yeah. Just let the man have a nice day. Come on. Like, actually, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I just. Asokux, I don't buy it. He is such a fool. And he's not He's not that cute. Like, he... What does she see in him? Because look, look at this. Okay. Oh, he was just following his heart and executing a murderous plot, working together with terrorists, even though I told him not to. And he learned his lesson. So, no, he didn't. He's still running away again. So there's like the the trope of just like okay, uh, action hero and like damsel distress kind of a thing, and they get together because this is an action movie. That's what we're expecting to do. Yeah, right. There actually is some some good scientific evidence to, to back that up as in a psychological perspective. That actually one of my teachers at college like is one of the foremost like people that study the misattribution of arousal theory, where it's like okay your adrenaline's going, you're you're in like these kind of tense situations. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. brain is like, okay, why am I why do I have this like this like aroused state in a uh physiological sense where like your body's are, like you, your, your adrenaline's horny. going like 
I'm not talking about that kind of arousal. Um, well, but, no, but I, I, I get it. Like the the sort of yeah. So, so you just kind of like go to like okay, who the nearest person is like. Yeah, maybe that's why like my body's reacting this way. Maybe it's not like the fact that I'm being like shot at. No, it's just uh, they're the ones <laughs> that I think are pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. Like I wonder they, if there's an evolutionary aspect to that for for like species perpetuation, which is purely species. I have no idea whether that's true, but I'm I'm it is in the literally battle horny, right? I could die any moment. I could probably reproduce real quick though. <laughs> Maybe I mean, if there's like, time like, to reproduce real quick before I die. How they how they would do it? Just like okay, whether it be like roller coasters or like an actual like yeah. dangerous appearing bridge or whatever, and then like okay, looking at how much they touch before and after, and it's like it's always like a really good sharp spike up afterwards of like the the touching between like pairs and couples and right. stuff like that. Like it's just like that. Like oh, oh. yeah, yeah, I like this. This is good. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that, I mean, you'd expect it to fade, though, right? When she realizes that he is still, he's so gormless. Ahsoka, you can do better. Yeah, she, In yeah, fact, I would, I would, like, I would definitely agree with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she should have jettisoned him from the speeder and just gone off with Bo-Katan. And we'll just have a <laughs> girls weekend in Space Vegas. And just, you know, see what happens. Maybe we'll just have some fun, maybe a little slumber party. It'll be fun. All right, Kaki. So, so this is the end of our Jedi Beacon. So, yes. Hey, I, by the way, thank you for, for showing me this. I really enjoyed it. I know that I've been happily, like, chewing on... The, I feel like a little sort of puppy chewing on the uh, the curtains it, and trying to tear it all down. But I actually do love it. And I think it's great. It, and Ahsoka's it is, great. And It is hard sometimes to just, like, okay, like, there, no matter what, I have to explain, like, some bits of, like, lore and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, look, what, like, makes sense? And I hope that you can also see why, like, I just get so excited with, like, Mandalorian stuff. Because I the I planet Mandalore is beautiful and i love it so Want much to see and more I of really... that architecture certainly do oh it's so beautiful so so yeah so like i think this you kind of hopefully explained a little bit more of of that and you know me you know that's that that, <laughs> there, that there's that you know it's all I connected do. baby it's all yeah. connected <laughs> yeah i'm sure that the death watch sort of aspect is not going to come up in season three or the <sighs> Thank you. I'm not going to speculate. I'm just going to enjoy what uh, uh, what happens. Well, I mean, no, but you've said it before. Yeah, you are very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this is canon. This is part of my canon character arc on this show. Yes. Apart from from, from just that, like, who do you want to see? What kind of tie-in would you be really interested in seeing? All right, from this. Okay, well, I'm tempted to, to 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 want to see like more of the Beholder, who I think probably had a not very successful career as a slam poet for for a while. <laughs> Alas, that was not that was not very cool. Slam um, poet Beholder, I would I would listen I would listen to that. Yeah, the greatest mind of my generation laid bare. Oh, I'm mangling Ginsburg, but in a monotone voice. Can you imagine? <laughs> Wait, yes, I can. Yeah, now I want the beholder to read Ginsburg's howl. That is what I want. Oh, I what sort of is forgot the... what I was doing. Oh, it's a 
it's a it's a fantastic poem. Hey, it's a poem for grown-ups. It's a, a or, or, or for, before anybody goes googling, it's a poem for grown-ups. Like, okay. Like okay, th- this poem may be a little bit too like overdone, but I still really love it. But like, I like to imagine that, like as he's going out and doing yes. this, like in his mind, he's just reciting "Rage, Rage Against the Dying of the Light" to himself, oh. like as he's. Oh yeah, I've that poem again now. Damn it, I really like that poem. That's like. <laughs> yeah, we will not go quietly into the night. Rage, rage against the dying of the oh oh. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what's happening. He is not completely dead. There is still the spark of life in him. And after the uh, the Mandalorians have vacated this planet, which I sure hope they do, because there are more villages on it. And I, I hope that some of them survived and rebuilt. There's a lot of destruction well, well, that Ahsoka's flying away I, from and not taking responsibility for. Ahsoka, Ahsoka probably is also just like, Hey, someone needs to go over there and like make sure, like, Mop just kick up. them. Like, yeah, yeah, just, just she's still dry. So hopefully, she's trying to tell people, people just like she's just get the report. Get, get, yeah, Republic will get to it. <laughs> but uh, with the help of like, I think a helpful gonk droid, they patch each other up. Every oh, droid cool. survives. I have decided, and they go on to form, yeah, a theater troupe, and then it'll be. The gonk droid, who's like the stage manager in your head, that works out the lines and then tells the beholder, okay, go, 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 go. <laughs> Two households, I, both alike in dignity. I really would legitimately like want to see a, just an in-universe stage performance of just that, of just like droid, like ramshackle droids, just like yes, doing, doing right? like acting. Yes, I would, a I would watch Summer Night's this. Dream. And he can be Oberon and that'll be great. <laughs> okay, oh, and and going to the wardrobe department. Oh no, that wasn't committed. Going to the wardrobe department. Oh, caught myself there. Ah, oh, the price we pay. <laughs> Whom will you be wearing to the so Senate Met Gala? I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit with you. I think I'm going to surprise you with this one. Okay, then I need to write down my prediction. Okay. Okay. I. I. I'm really. I think. Okay. Well, this. I think I know who you think I'm going to be. I think I know who you think I'm going to be. Okay. I'm thinking the Senate Guard. Oh damn it! I had the Duchess written down like that. Have you seen her hat though? Okay. Okay. No, but you're right. You're right. The 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 Paladins. Oh, oh, that'd be a good look for you. Like they're very sort of skinny, and you're a tall boy. Yeah, and and I I do have that exact that exact like headdress of Duchess Satine as a pin on there, my board oh, right immediately to my right here. I was like, never so disappointed there, to hear there, the word pin. For a second, there, I lived in a uh, world where you were reaching up. You're, he's reaching up in the corner of the frame. We're on a Zoom call right now, and I expected you to just pull it down and put it on your head, and it would have been the best thing that has happened to me in a solid three days. I've seen people that that, that do like very like just different outfits the of Satine's and it always just makes me very happy because I awesome. just, I love Satine a lot she's hey can you do okay so if you're going to do the Senate Guard you know the sort of Praetorian Paladins can you do mm-hmm. a Nordic Fjord version and do something fun with your crest <laughs> yeah I, I would absolutely do like something with the crest like yes 
try and stop me. (laughs) (laughs) That's my boy! Tune in to our next episode, Steps Into Shadow. When... Wait. Stop. Hold on. I may be canonically very stupid, but I do remember things sometimes. You said that during the... Uh, season finale that we watched last week uh, you said that a mm-hmm. theme for this season was steps into into shadow as if that was the theme for season two or was that did i misunderstand so that when they wrote that like that was in that they were like talking about very deliberately that was season three definitely would be like in production but it was regarding just season two so uh right okay ezra leads a prison break to rescue an old friend okay that's there's not a lot there, but I am on tenterhooks. I've been on tenterhooks for so long. Like This Jedi beacon is such a good idea because I'm so horny for more rebels now. I love the... Uh, oh, wait. I, I sense something. A oh. presence I've not felt since. <laughs> oh, no. You can find us at rebelair.com or rebelairpod on Twitter and Instagram. That's air with an H. I'm Kaki. I'm Greg. She's a little skinny, isn't she? She serves her purpose. Oh. Oh. I know, it just gets grosser every time. 